I love this time of year because we're all thinking about goals and priorities and what we want. But have you had to take a vacation to the list? Because you should. And right now is the perfect time to plan your trip. And all you need is one website. Say hello to Expedia. One-stop shop for killer vacation planning. Expedia literally has every tool and everything you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a one key member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. I never thought I'd be sitting here telling you that I'm learning French. I mean, seriously, I'm so dyslexic. I didn't think I could ever attempt to learn a language, but Rosetta Stone is making it happen just in time for this Paris trip that I've planned with my daughters to celebrate my 55th birthday. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app. It's available on desktop. It can be used as an app or on your phone or tablet. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, the Mel Robbins Podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash mel. That's rosettastone.com slash mel. Hey, it's your friend Mel, and welcome to the Mel Robbins Podcast. Okay, we are going to talk about friendship today, and I have so much I want to share with you because this is a topic that's been on my mind, in particular, adult friendship and why it's so damn hard to make friends as an adult. But first, as your friend, I just want to say thank you. I am levitating at the moment. We just got word that we are number six of all podcasts on Apple. We are number 10 of all podcasts on Spotify. We are the number one education podcast on every platform in almost every country in the world. Number one in health and wellness in most countries. And I say we, because the Mel Robbins podcast is you and me. When I created the Mel Robbins podcast, I had this vision and the vision was two friends going on a walk. I mean, think about when you take a walk with a really good friend. It's like the best ever. You laugh, you might cry, you get advice from each other, you learn something new that you want to try, and you always end a walk with a friend, feeling better, being in a better mood, learning something. So thank you. Thank you for going on this metaphorical walk with me on Mondays and Thursdays. Thank you so much for sharing these episodes with your friends, with your family. And I just love this. So thank you, thank you, thank you for following the show and for being here. And so now let's talk about this topic, adult friendship, and why it's so damn hard. And don't tell me you don't think it's hard. I know you think it's hard to make friends as an adult. And the reason why I know this is true is because I just posted something on social media recently, and it has become the single most viral quote I've ever put on social media. It is a photo of me on a couch. I am laying there on my cozy couch with my fur blanket over me, this like fake fur blanket that I just love that, by the way, I can't throw in the washing machine. And we've had this thing for five years. It smells like boys' socks because Oakley's always rolled up into it. So despite the fact that it's musty, I curl up in it every night. And the quote says this, making new friends as an adult is hard because the people I'd get along with the best also don't want to leave their house. <laughs> it's funny, right? This quote was so popular, 140,000 of you liked it, and more than 10,000 comments came rolling in. And here's what was interesting about the comments, and this is why I wanted to talk about this today with you. The comments were all the same. 
This is me, Mel. I thought I was the only one. It is so hard to make friends as an adult. Same, me too. You can't overestimate how hard it is. What, what is going on? Where are my friends? And this one really hit me. It's true enough, Mel, to make me laugh. But then it's followed by a sigh. So today we're going to dig into why adult friendship is so hard. And more importantly, how we're going to change that. Okay, because we are going to change it. And I've been thinking about this topic a lot. And for quite a long time, not only because it's an issue in my life, but because a couple months ago, Alex Cooper, who's the host of that hit podcast, Call Her Daddy, she reached out to me and wanted me to come on the podcast as an expert on the topic of friendship. I mean, she kind of looks at me as like a smart older sister that has already been through her 20s and I've got daughters in my 20s. And so she wanted me to come on and talk to her millennial audience and explain to them why the 20s are so different than college. And I'll tell you what, not only was that episode crazy, crazy viral, but my inbox exploded with questions. And so it made me start to dig into this topic at a really deep level. And I realized, wow, friendship isn't just hard after college. It's hard as an adult, period. And as I thought about my own experience and the experience of all of you writing in about this topic, I realized there are five lies that I've been telling myself about adult friendship. And you've been telling yourself these lies too, whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, hell, your 70s or 80s. These are the lies that keep us feeling lonely. These are the lies that keep us from making the friends that we deserve. These are the lies that make us hold on to friendships that don't really fit anymore. I know you know what I'm talking about. And here's the deal. While I've done a lot of thinking and research about this, I'm also right in the soup with you. Because like so many of you, I completely changed my life for the last two years. See, I had this reckoning when I was in quarantine and I admitted to myself, I'm not happy. I need to mix things up. And I bet you might've had the same kind of reckoning. Maybe like me, you moved. You might've changed some big things. Your friendships are all shaken up too. This is normal. I mean, for me personally, I've gone from living in Boston to living in a tiny town in Southern Vermont. I've gone from a place where I'd lived for 26 years and I had lots of friends to a place where I knew very few people. And I'll tell you what, it's been really challenging, especially during COVID, to meet new friends. And so I've experienced this and I've researched it and I've talked about it on several podcasts and I have realize these five lies that I tell myself that keep me from taking the steps that actually create the friendships that we both deserve. And I bet you are telling yourself these lies too. That's going to end today because these lies are keeping you from seeing the truth. And the biggest truth of all is you deserve friendships. You need friendships and you deserve to have fun. And here's one more thing you're probably not thinking about. You are the friend someone else needs to meet right now. So a huge takeaway that I want you to leave our walk today with, it's this. Some of the most amazing people that you will be friends with are on the road ahead. They're in this season of your life and you haven't even met them yet. And they haven't met you. And if you keep telling yourself these five damn lives, you will rob yourself of the magic of these people that you need and that deserve you and that you deserve. So let's get into it because I'm right here shoulder to shoulder with you in the same struggle, okay? I'm 54 years old. I thought by the time I was 54 years old, my life would be a party. 
There would be barbecues every weekend. We'd be going on cruises and bike trips with friends. I'd have all kinds of downtime to hang out with my buddies. What the hell has happened? <laughs> it's like the, I, I feel like the older I get, the more boring I get. This is how I would describe adult friendship, at least for Mel Robbins. And I'm sure you can relate to this. Adult friendship is literally bumping into people randomly and being like, oh, my God, it's so great to see you. We should get together. And then six months go by. And I know we kind of relate to that and we can laugh at it. But here's the thing I keep reminding myself. And I want to put this pen in it, too, for you. You ready? You're friends and you actually mean it when you say we should get together. But there's something that's standing in the way of us actually doing it. And I'm going to tell you what it is. It's these five damn lies. Okay. These lies that keep you feeling lonely and isolated. These lies that make you feel that adult friendship is hard. And these lies also make you and keep you lonely. You're not the only one that feels this way. And there are simple things that both you and I can do that we don't feel like doing that will fix this problem in our life. And it is a problem. Because friendship is so important and having fun is important and you deserve to feel connected to cool people and you are a cool person and so am I. And so I'm going to make sure after we unpack these lies, you have three simple tools to turn this puppy around, okay? Because that's what I want for you and it is certainly what I want for myself. So lie number one, lie number one that you're telling yourself, everybody's life is a huge party. That is such bullshit. We have all gotten sucked into the fake life on social media. Everybody's life is not a huge party. Even if you live in a sorority or fraternity, you may be lonely. You may not like the people that you're surrounded by. And so stop telling yourself this lie that everybody else's life looks like a huge party. And here's why you need to stop telling yourself this lie. It's so damaging because when you sit there and you compare where you're at, to people's fake lives on social media, you are comparing yourself to something that's not true and you are invalidating your own life experience. And let me just stop and let's role play here. How is sitting on your couch scrolling through social media? Oh, they're going on vacation together. Oh, look at that nice bike trip. Oh, those people docked together for a bachelorette party. Oh, everybody's life is a party but mine. How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel excited to text the friends that you have? Probably not. What does it do? It puts you in a mental death spiral. It makes you feel like a loser. It makes you feel left out. And yet you probably spend an hour a day on social media just staring into the lives of strangers and convincing yourself that everybody's life is a party except for yours. No one's life is margaritas in Ibiza. That may be what influencers do, but that's not what normal people do. And the reason why you have to stop telling yourself this lie is because you will never feel motivated to make the effort and you will never feel worthy of the kind of friendships you deserve if you are constantly swimming in the toilet of comparison. So what is the truth? Truth number one, if you want your life to be a party, create it. That's truth number one. You know, I'm guilty of this too. I always know when I'm coaching myself because I go, that's number one. I always raise my voice because I'm also kind of trying to get you to listen, but I'm also like, hey, Mel, 
Stop looking at everybody else and saying, there's the party. Why am I not invited? And look in the mirror. If you actually want that for yourself, create it. I remember there was a period in my life where my business was really taking off and I was on the road all the time. And I started to realize I wasn't seeing my friends. Where did all my friends go? And I started to swim in the toilet of comparison. I would get home at the end of the week from work and I would look on social media and I would see people out at the country club that we didn't belong to posting photos. And I would see groups of people getting together because their sons were on the same soccer team. But we had daughters. We all do this. Maybe it's for you seeing people out at a bar tonight and you're not there or somebody else's sorority looks way cooler than yours, or your friend is in this two-year program at a new job, and they are always out with their work friends, and it looks so fun. And here you are, you're stuck working remote. You haven't even been in the office, and you've been at this new job for six months. We all do this. And for me personally, I started to convince myself that everyone else's life was a big party, and I wasn't invited. And this is why this lie is so damaging. You tell yourself you're not invited to the party and you start to feel like a loser that nobody likes. And I felt that way for a couple of years. And finally, one day I said to Chris, like, we just don't get invited anywhere. And Chris turned to me. It's so interesting. And he said, when's the last time we invited anybody over? Mic drop. Thank you, Chris Robbins. If you want your life to be a party, Start throwing them and stop telling yourself the lie that the party is somewhere else and you haven't been invited. Create your own. So that's truth number one, okay? Truth number two is this. If you're swimming in that toilet of comparison and you're telling yourself everybody's life is a party but mine and you feel like a loser, I want to tell you something. You don't need a lot of friends. This is a huge myth that modern life has slammed in our face thanks to social media because now we're aware of what everybody else is doing. The truth is, and this is based on research, you don't need a huge group of friends. If you have what researchers call a 4 a.m. friend, what is a 4 a.m. friend? A 4 a.m. friend is somebody in your life That if you called them at four o'clock in the morning, just because you wanted somebody to talk to, they would pick up. I want you to stop and think for a minute. Let's say that you wake up at four o'clock in the morning and there's nothing really wrong. It's not like you have an emergency because I think in emergencies, there's lots of people you can call. But let's just say it's four o'clock in the morning and you wake up, can't go back to sleep. You're feeling kind of lonely. You just want somebody to talk to. Who would you call? For me, I know I would call Jody Brickin. She's my best friend from elementary school. She has trouble sleeping. She's probably awake anyway. Hi, Jodes. And she would pick up. I would call Amy. Amy is sitting right across from me right now. I could absolutely call Amy. I, I can think of a couple people. I would call Gretchen Larkin. I would call Lisa Schwartz. There are a bunch of people in my life I could call. So I'm doing okay. If there was one human being that popped into your mind, that you could call at four o'clock in the morning, you are doing okay. And I also have a confession to tell you. 
As much as I am jealous of what looks like huge parties, and as much as I am the kind of person that thinks she wants to always be at a huge party, the truth is I'm very extroverted in my work, but I'm really introverted in my personal life. It's okay if you're not the big girl gang or guy gang type of person. There's nothing wrong with you if you just prefer to run in a small circle. Now, I think my circle has gotten so small, it's basically become a dot because of COVID, but we're going to get into that when we get into some of the other lies. But I need to say that loud and clear. It is okay to not have a huge friend group, period. Like there's nothing wrong with you. And in fact, the research shows that just having a couple super close friends, just one 4 a.m. friend means you're doing really good, really good. And you can do the work to start building more friendships from there. So let's go to lie number two. Lie number two that you're telling yourself, because this is what I tell myself, it sounds like this, I don't fit in. Or maybe you say this to yourself, people don't like me. That's me. You want to know what is going on in the Mel Robbins head here? It's people don't like me. Or another way I would say this, you're mad at me. I just presume I've done something wrong. That's how screwed up my wiring is. I'm working on this, as you know. And so I'm going to continue confessing how this uh, plays out in my life. Because I know you look at me and you're like, you think people don't like you? But you are like the most confident person on the planet. Like, I, I don't, I, what do you mean? What I project is very different than what the voice in my head is programmed to say. And that's why it's a lie. My voice in my head tells me a lie and the voice in your head is telling you a lie too. Here's how this plays out for me. I am the kind of person that is always trying to read people's emotions. I wonder if people are upset with me. In fact, I don't even wonder if people are upset with me. I just presume that they are. I'm the type of person that would put emojis behind any kind of text if I feel like that might be taken in the wrong way or might hurt somebody. And here's what I'm learning from the Mel Robbins podcast as we interview these experts and as I dig into your stories and DMs with you, is that this is complete tomfoolery. It's not true. This is garbage from my childhood. Clearly, I've got coping mechanisms and wiring that I developed when I was little that I don't want anymore as an adult. And so why is this lie so damaging? People don't like me. Well, let's role play this one. If you're sitting at your house or in your car or scrolling on social media and you're telling yourself the lie, I don't fit in, people don't like me. On a scale of zero to 10, how motivated are you to put yourself out there? How about negative 27? That's how motivated you are. You are not only not motivated, you are more likely to hide. Because if you believe, because of this lie you've been telling yourself, that people don't like you, why on earth would you put yourself out there? This is why I need to shake both of us by the shoulders. This is why we got to start reaching for the truth. This is why we've got to combat this awful programming that tells us the lie that people don't like you. It's not true. And I'm not just saying that because I like you. I'm not just saying that because I know you're a good person. I'm saying it because there is research around this. It's called the liking gap. And this research, hold on to your hats, people. This comes from psychologists at Cornell, Harvard, Yale. So we're talking smarty pants research here. This means we got to believe it, okay? What is the liking gap? It's this lie. It's the tendency to underestimate how well liked 
you really are. See, you feel awkward about reaching out, and so do I, due to this liking gap. We don't reach out because we don't think people like us. We're underestimating the truth. What's the truth? People like you. Period. Nobody's mad at you. Period. Stop living your life as if somebody's mad at you. How about we flip this instead? How about you start living your life assuming that people like you? What a radical idea. What a radical idea to walk into work and say to yourself, people like me here. What a radical idea to walk into a party this weekend or to a networking event and go, people like me here. I mean, that is a revolutionary idea. I want you to stop and truly hear what I'm saying to you. You have spent your entire life trying to get people to like you. Feel that. It sucks. And when you realize you do believe this, that you have to get people to like you, or you have to act a certain way, or be a certain type of person that's different than who you really are, you know what you're doing? You're rejecting yourself. Starting right now, today, let's make a promise to each other. This shit stops. Assume people like you. Assume that just the way you are is perfect and see what happens when you flip this mindset. What do you have to lose? You know, and I'm going to tell you something. I struggle with this. I struggle with it a lot. This is a big one for me and I'm really working on it in my life. Assuming people like me. And I'm telling you this and I really want you to absorb what I'm trying to say to you because I want us both to work on it. And I'm going to confess something. Boy, this is really turning into like a, a therapy session. I wish you were really sitting here so you could hold my hand. So when I was launching the Mel Robbins podcast, I uh, was told that the best way to grow a podcast show is to be interviewed on other podcast shows. And here's the truth. I have a lot of friends that host podcasts that are really successful podcast hosts. And when I was getting ready to launch this, I was telling myself this lie. People don't like me. If I reach out, it's a burden. You know, because if you are hesitant to ask for support, it's because you're telling yourself deep down this lie that somebody doesn't like you or that they're going to be mad at you or burdened by you. And I am telling you that I struggle with this. And so there were a couple friends of mine who said, hey, I'd love to have you on the show. And I didn't reach out to anybody else because there was a part of me that was like nervous that when somebody received a text from me, even though these are my friends, I was trapped in the liking gap, which in my opinion is like another toilet we swirl in. We swirl in this toilet of comparison and now we're also in the toilet of do you like me? No, actually, I've decided that you don't. And here's something kind of wild, because life gave me a really important lesson. So the show launches, and I got a text from a very good friend of mine, Brendan Burchard, somebody who has helped me in some of the worst moments of my life. He has 
just a gem of a human being. In fact, he just launched a uh, killer marketing podcast. He texted me and he said that I thought twice about texting this to you, but have I done something wrong? And when I read that, I my heart sank. I'm thinking, why does he think he's done something wrong? And he said, I saw that a bunch of our mutual friends were supporting your podcast launch and you didn't ask me. And it stopped me in my tracks because there's a reason why I didn't ask him. I felt like I just couldn't burden the guy anymore. Why? Because I was telling myself a freaking lie. What's the lie? That people don't like me, that I'm a burden, that I can't ask for help. It's complete garbage, everybody. In fact, when you don't ask your friends to support you, they feel like your life is a party and they're left out. Isn't that unbelievable? We're all sitting there swirling in this toilet of comparison and assuming that people don't like us, and it's not true. So let's leverage the research from Cornell and Harvard and Yale, and let's be smarter about this. Let's not let our emotions and our insecurities from childhood ruin the potential of amazing adult friendships. Because when you tell yourself that lie, now you know it's destroying your desire to reach out. And here is the truth you need to live by and I need to live by. People like you more than you think. So you better start acting like it. Okay, and if you think these first two lies are doozies, wait till you hear lie number three. The Mel Robbins Podcast is proudly sponsored by Amica Insurance, our exclusive insurance partner. Amica understands how important it is to protect the things that matter most to you. So they'll put in the time to make sure you're taken care of, whether it's talking through all the details of your policy or following up after a claim. Your auto, home, and life insurance are more than just policies. They're protection for the life you've built. As Amika says, empathy is our best policy. Go to amika.com and get a quote today. Lie number three. B-F-F. Remember that from middle school? We're BFFs, BFFL, BFFs for life. Let's get the matching necklaces of the heart that is like kind of broken in half and you'll wear one and I'll wear the other. Here's the reason why best friends forever is a lie. Best friends aren't always forever. Friends come and go in your life, even your best friends. Friendships fade. They fizzle out. And I've even experienced that over time, sometimes that best friend that faded or fizzled out because life just does that, it's a natural part of life, sometimes you find your way back into each other's lives again. Now, the reason why I believe this best friends forever is a lie is because it puts pressure on you. It puts pressure on you to label a friendship and it puts pressure on you to hang on to things just because you've spent a lot of time with somebody. And when you hold on to friendships that no longer feel like a great connection or feel energizing or support who you're becoming, you know what happens when you are friends out of obligation? You start to feel resentment. 
And the other reason why it is so important to stop telling yourself, you got to be best friends. We got to be best friends forever. Best friends forever. Is because that pressure that you're putting on yourself to hold on to things that don't feel right anymore. That's the reason why you don't have room for new people to come into your life. And look, if you've been best friends forever and it's working for you, that is freaking awesome. I'm talking about the lie we tell ourselves that if you don't have a best friend forever, somehow you're damaged. If you don't have that lifelong childhood friend, somehow you're an idiot. That if you don't have best friends and you walk around in a squad and you've got Halloween costumes where you're all matching, you've screwed up your life. It puts pressure on you that is completely manufactured and it's totally unnecessary. So what's the truth? The truth is you may not always be friends with somebody forever and that's good. That's good because you want friendships in your life that support your growth. You want friendships in your life that have a mutual exchange of energy and you need to take the pressure off yourself and you got to expand the way that you think about friendship because when you look at BFF, not as best friends forever, but best friends are flexible, it creates room for growth. It creates room for the kinds of friendships that come in and out of your life based on what you need and what you can give. Doesn't that sound nice? I think it sounds really nice. So here's kind of a new way to think about friendship. It's flexible because friendship is mutual. It's supportive. It's a connection that is based on energy. It's based on what your passion is right now. It's based on what your goals are right now. It's based on the effort that you're putting in. And it's not necessarily based on history. You've experienced this. There could be somebody that'll walk into your life next week and it's literally like you knew them forever. They were the exact person with the exact energy and vibe that you need right now. And that doesn't mean that you're no longer friends with the people that you've been friends with for a long time. It just means that if best friends are flexible, it means that they come in and out of your life in terms of intensity. And I think a lot about this right now because I've just moved. I've moved from a community that I was in for 26 years. I'm still on my text chain with my next door neighbors. I, I'm getting the texts about the fact that there's a fox running around or coyotes were this, or does anybody know a person that can dog sit? And I'm also still really good friends with all my girlfriends that were in mom's groups together and, you know, people that I've come in and out of my life, but I now live three and a half hours away. And so if you're flexible about friendship, you take the pressure off and you know that just because you don't see people all the time doesn't mean you're, you're no longer friends. It's going to take a little bit of effort. Being flexible about friendship is super important because here's the truth about friendship. Friendships fade because when your priorities change, so will your friendships. And I can give you a bazillion different examples of this. Let's say that you're the first of all your friends to get married. You'll start to notice that you start hanging out with other couples more. Why? Because the pattern of your life changed. If you're flexible with friendship, you don't put pressure on yourself. You don't like start to go, oh, are we still friends? Are we not friends? You just know that it's going to require a little bit more energy because the patterns of your life has changed. If you start to see the world differently, 
maybe because you're now a vegetarian or you've stopped drinking or you've gotten very active with social justice or you are really committed to your health. The patterns of your life just changed and your friendships will also change. And that's why you need to be flexible in your friendships. Because again, what is the purpose of your friends? It's literally for this mutual supportive exchange of energy that helps you become a better you. Another reason why is that as you start to grow, everything about you changes and things are going to start to feel forced or draining because they were connected to the old you. So when you realize that a relationship is getting forced, right, or that it's draining you or it's taking way too much energy, be flexible. And by the way, you've been that person for somebody else as somebody else has been trying to grow or as their interests have changed or as the patterns in their life, they got a different job, they moved to a different state. doesn't mean you're no longer friends. It just means it's not as close of a friend anymore because the connection's a little off. The energy, that's okay. You're allowed to grow. You're allowed to move on. And instead of making yourself wrong, instead of feeling guilty, instead of gripping it or forcing it, be flexible. Just direct your energy in a new relationship. Move toward the people that feel like the light, that feel energizing, that feel like they're aligned with where you're headed instead of holding so tightly to the folks that were with you in places where you've been. It's all good. It's all good. And by the way, when you do that, you create space for something new. It's a beautiful thing. Lie number four is really simple. You do not need to be everybody's friend. You can't be everybody's friend. The truth is, not everybody is meant to be your friend. And the second that it feels like a force, be flexible, okay? Here's one of the things that I love to think about, is that you can be the whole package, but if you're delivered to the wrong address, <laughs> not going to work. Another quote that I've seen that I just love is, you could be the most amazing, juicy end of summer ripe peach. But if you don't like peaches, you're not going to be a fit for that person. Doesn't matter how good you are. Remember, flexibility. I want you to understand this because when you tell yourself, oh, I got to be liked by everybody. Everybody's got to like me. I got to be everybody's friend. That lie turns you into people pleaser. That lie is why you are in your head going, do they like me? How do I need to change? I know I'm a peach and they don't like peaches, but maybe if I disguise myself as a plum, they'll actually like me. Stop doing that. Embrace the fact that you're a peach. Embrace your whole package and stop forcing yourself to be liked by everybody. There's nothing wrong with you. The more you embrace who you are, the more you're honest about what works for you, the more you show up as your full self. Imagine that. Imagine assuming that people just like you, that juicy peach that you are as you are. Imagine if you're flexible. Imagine who might show up. Somebody who likes peaches. Wouldn't that be a wonderful change? That's why you got to catch that because this is about energy. This is about you and where you are in your life and where you're going, matching with beautiful human beings that are on that same leg of the journey with you. That's what this is about. So be flexible. And man, you are a juicy peach. Embrace that stuff. I love peaches, by the way. That's why I love you. Lie number five. Get ready. You're going to hate this one. 
because I hate this one. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I don't want to go out. I'd rather just stay home. I have social anxiety. I'm an introvert. Yes, I've said all these things to myself too. Here's the truth. Friends are critical to a happy life. Friends are the thing that make life meaningful. You deserve amazing friendships and you deserve to be an amazing friend. You know, I have felt really freaking lonely and I'm okay being alone. I got no problem walking into a restaurant alone, rolling up to the bar, sitting at the bar and having dinner by myself. In fact, I kind of like doing that. I have no problem going to see a movie alone. There's a big difference between enjoying time by yourself and being lonely because you don't have friendship in your life and you don't feel a sense of connection or community. And for a really long time, that was me. And the lie I was telling myself is I was too busy. I became addicted to busyness as a way to cover up the fact that I was really lonely. My friends were working. Our kids are all launched. Everybody's scattered in a bazillion directions. I felt like I wasn't seeing my friends. And guess what? My friends felt the same way. Nobody's life was a big party. Everybody is just in their cars, driving here and there, sitting at home, working remote, trying to navigate this crazy thing called life, particularly these last three years. As our kids have gotten older, at least in my case, I find that they need me more, not less. And so I am just like in my little tunnel. And it turns out so are you. Everybody feels this way. It's not just you. And here's the lie. You're not too busy for one of the most important things in your life. You're not too tired to make the effort for something that brings meaning. You're not too shy or introverted or whatever to make the effort. And I'm really worried about where we are right now. And I'm worried about the fact that because of COVID, that we have got a new default and the new default is staying home. The new default is, you know, it used to just be that it was hard to get to the gym. I think for a lot of us, it's actually hard to get out of your house if you're working there all day. And it takes a lot of effort. I talked about this in our episode, Motivation is Garbage. We talked about something called activation energy. Activation energy is a fancy pants term that was developed by that famous psychiatrist at University of Chicago, Chick Me Sent Me High, I think is how you say his name. And activation energy is the force. We're talking physics. We're talking rocket fuel force that you need to push your rear end out of your house after being on Zoom calls all day to go see a friend. It is so easy to opt out of the book club tonight. It is so easy to not go to that new hockey league or the intramural soccer thing or the lecture at the library because we've gotten used to being alone in our homes. This is so dangerous to your happiness. Do not let the fact that you've gotten used to being home be the reason why you don't. Five, four, three, two, one, push your rear end out that door and make the effort because the effort is small. So let me lay some science on you because this always pushes me over the edge when I don't feel like doing something. You know what I'm saying? So there's this dude at the University of Chicago named Nicholas Epley. He's a behavioral scientist and one day he's riding on the subway and he notices everyone's looking at their phone and he started to think, how much more fun would this subway ride be if everybody just looked up and started talking to each other casually? And so he got really curious about why 
We all think talking to a stranger is going to be a bad thing. And what he found is this. We all presume that pushing yourself to go to some social setting or talking to somebody you don't know or introducing yourself to a stranger that's going to be awkward, boring, tiring. Well, check this out. Based on his research, years of research, folks, we are systematically mistaken about how much we enjoy being social. In fact, if we push ourselves to do it, we're kind of surprised. We're delighted. We enjoy it. It was a great conversation with that person that was sitting next to you on the train or the plane or the bus stop. We have a ridiculously negative antisocial filter. That's not my words. That is the behavioral scientist from the University of Chicago. You have a ridiculously negative antisocial filter. You know what that means? Your opinion about how bad it's going to be is wrong. And so is mine. That's why you got to ignore it. And you got a five, four, three, two, one. Push yourself to go knowing, knowing that once you get there, you're actually going to enjoy it. The reward is everything. It's enormous. It's profound. In study after study after study, and there's one famous study, you may have heard of it, called the Harvard Men Study. They followed groups of men that had graduated from Harvard for over 60 years. So they followed them from their entire adult life. And at the end of the study, it was... 100% conclusive that the thing that brings the greatest meaning in your life is the people that you have surrounded yourself with. Now, let's, let's look at that sentence that you have surrounded yourself with. Sitting at home alone is not how you surround yourself with people. And you and I both know it. And we're both guilty of this. And move into a new town like many of you have during COVID. How many of you literally changed up your whole life? You had this reckoning. You're like, that's it. I'm going to relocate. I'm going to change things up. And now you sit at home alone. You have to make the effort. So that's what we're going to talk about next. You have the five lies. Let me summarize them for you. Lie number one, everybody else's life is a huge party. Not true. Stop saying it to yourself. Either go make a party or just focus on making a few great friends and stop making yourself wrong. Get out of the toilet bowl of comparison. Lie number two, people don't like me. That is a complete lie. You now have the research. Let's use the truth from Cornell, Harvard, and Yale. People like you more than you think. Start acting like it. Lie number three, BFF. Stop saying best friends forever. Stop putting pressure on yourself to be friends with everybody forever. It creates resentment. It is a total lie that you have to do it. Let's tell the truth. Friendships need to work for you. Friendships come and go. And the best kinds of friendships are flexible. So take the pressure off yourself and tune into what you need in this stage of your life and where you're going and move toward the people that feel warm, that feel light, that feel energizing, that are supporting where you're going. Be flexible in who's coming and who's going. It is the best way to do this. Lie number four, I need to be everybody's friend. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not everybody is meant to be your friend. You get to be selfish here. Stop putting pressure on yourself. Remember, you are a juicy peach. You got to find people that like peaches. That's what you deserve, okay? And finally, the final lie that is keeping you from having the adult friendships that you deserve is telling yourself you're too busy, you're too tired, you're too this, you're too that to make the effort. 
The truth is, this is one of the most important aspects of you creating a better life. There is nothing other than your mental health that deserves the effort more. And by the way, you start working on developing some great friendships and your mental health is going to prove too. And that's not just Mel Robbins telling you the common sense. That's research, folks. All right. I got to take a short break. But when we come back, I got three incredible tools that I'm using that I want you to use because you and me, I know we're friends, but I want you and I to start making more adult friends and support each other in doing it together. You know, when that 3 p.m. slump hits, instead of grabbing a cup of coffee, you know, it's amazing. Try new Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. It's full flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PURELEAF. That's promo code 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're still here with me on our walk. We're two juicy peaches talking about friendship. So tool number one, I promise three tools. Tool number one is a framework. You're starting to realize Mel Robbins, she loves her frameworks. And here's why. I think advice is boring and intellectual. And so I like to have metaphors and frameworks because it helps me to truly, ooh, make it stick. So here's one of my favorite frameworks for friendship. You've probably heard it. There are three types of friendships, and this helps you be really flexible in your friendships. It also helps you to remind yourself of the truth, okay? There are friends for a reason. There are friends for a season. And there are friends for a lifetime. That's it. And if you think about people coming and going in and out of your friendship zone, because they're either there for a reason, or they're there for a season, or they're there for a lifetime, you now no longer are gripping. You can be flexible. You can assume people like you. You can stop holding on to the wrong people and trying to force somebody who's just there for a reason to try to be a lifetime friend. These people are in your life for a reason. These would be work friends. You see them all the time because you work together. They might be the parents of other kids that are on your kid's sports team, or they might be people that are on your team, right, that you're playing sports with. They're there for a reason. They might be your neighbors. They're there for a reason. These are great friends to have. They're there for a certain period of time. They're there to teach you something. They're there to support you on a leg of the journey called life. These are awesome friends, but don't grip onto them. Be flexible with them. Let them come in and out of your life. Love them up. Enjoy them while they're there with you. And then at some point when you no longer have that reason to have those friends in your life, they sort of fade a little bit. They're still your friends. I guarantee you 10 years later, if you were good friends with your neighbor, they would certainly help you out. So would your friends at work. This is why flexible friendship is such an awesome concept. Now let's talk about a season. So these are folks that are there typically a little bit longer. They're there for a chapter, a season. So they might be the people that you met in college. And you were really, really close friends during college. Maybe you roomed together after college, but then people start peeling off. They start heading in different directions. They maybe move away to different cities or they get married. 
I find that I had a lot of really good friends that I was friends with when I was a young mom. That was a really amazing season of my life. I will cherish that season of my life. I had so many close female friends because we were all doing life in the same season at the same time. And when that season ended and my kids went to middle school and then they scattered even further in high school and then all of a sudden the, the bomb drops on everything when they go off to college, like that season of my life was over. In fact, it had been over for a long time. And so seasons are a beautiful thing. And I'm in a new season of my life. I'm beginning a new season here in Southern Vermont. And I bet you're beginning a new season. So many of us had a reckoning with ourselves about what really mattered during COVID. And it's why so many of you made major changes like my husband and I did. And it's why those of you that haven't are probably thinking about major changes because you haven't truly accept the things that you were processing around COVID and the changes that you would like to make. And so friends for a season are amazing, absolutely amazing. Just love them. And when the season changes, be flexible because a new season is beginning, which means a new seasons of friends are going to emerge. And lifetime, lifetime friends, those are those 4 a.m. friends we talked about. And remember, you're doing pretty dynamite if you can think of that one person that you could just pick up the phone at four o'clock in the morning and call. And you know that they would pick up and just chat with you just because you wanted to talk to a friend. So tool number one, use that framework to enforce this flexibility, reason, season, and lifetime. Don't force people into the wrong category. You know, this is a big one. Please stop being mad at people for not being who you want them to be right now. Sometimes some of the most generous and beautiful and loving things that you can do for people is to graciously let them go and let them grow and let them be who they need to be in this season of their lives. Now let's move on to tool number two, which you are probably going to hate. And that is you need to take action. That's going to require you to step out of the comfort zone of your couch and the comfiness of a Friday night alone, binge watching TV, and push yourself to get out of your comfort zone and make the effort to make friends. And this effort part's really important. There was this enormous study done at the University of Kansas. And this was mind blowing to me because it puts friendship into a timeline and hours perspective. Making friends, check this out. They studied how long, how many hours it takes to make a quote friend. And this is fascinating that as a student, it's very different than what it's like to make friends as an adult. This is why it can feel hard because most of our lives, we were in seasons where we were forced to be in groups. Like think about how you're in a group in elementary school and that's how you meet your friends. And then you're in a group in middle school and that's how you meet your friends. And then you're in a group in high school and that's how you meet your friends. And then you're in a group in college and that's how you meet your friends. And then all of a sudden your 20s hits and boom, everybody scatters. And you're like, where the hell did my friends go? This is normal. And this University of Kansas study explains this. So if you're in college and you're like swimming in the sea with all these people doing the same thing at the same time, it takes you about 43 hours to become an acquaintance with somebody. Now you're sitting in class together. That's part of the time. You're eating in the cafeteria together. That's part of the time. You're hanging out in the dorm room together. That's part of the time. 
When you're an adult, to become a casual friend, it takes you 94 hours. Why? Because your patterns are very different when you're an adult. You don't have as much overlap. It's why you tend to become friends as an adult with people you work with because you spend more time with them. It's why you're friends with people that you live near because you spend time with them. This is not just common sense, it's researched. And in order to go from just a casual friend to a really good friend, if you're a student, it takes about 57 hours, which makes sense because you're spending more time together. So you're sharing more experiences together. For adults, we need about 164 hours. That's so sad. This is why it's so important for you to have this perspective and for you to understand it's going to require effort on your part. And that's okay. Knowing that everybody feels this way, knowing that everybody's at their homes alone under the fuzzy blanket on the couch, feeling like a peach that nobody likes, swimming in the toilet of comparison, feeling like friendship is so hard. Knowing that, I hope is helping you go, oh, well, maybe I could be the one. Maybe I could get all the peaches together and we could make a pie or some jam or some cobbler. That's what I did this weekend. I'm going to tell you a quick story because I think it's really important. So here I am. I always say, please come visit me. I live alone on a mountain in Vermont. I'm lonely. But the truth is I've met a bunch of really cool people up here. And every one of us say the same thing. It's amazing living here. And I really want to meet some friends. I really want to get together with people. I want to stop saying, let's get together and not make plans. And so I'll tell you a quick story because all it takes is leaning toward your curiosity. That's all it takes. I walk this loop all the time. That's right by my house. It's a beautiful loop. It's about four and a half miles. And I love flowers. I know there's five love languages. I have a sixth. Flowers, flowers, flowers. I absolutely, I'm like a psycho about flowers. They remind me of my parents. I love growing them. I love bringing them into the house. I just love flowers. And so this year, I've been walking this loop for 26 years um, when I would visit my in-laws uh, before we bought their house. And now it's our own. And all of a sudden this year, there was this insane flower farm that popped up. And by flower farm, I mean this patch of flowers, like an acre, big. And in the spring, it was this row of gorgeous double peony tulips and French tulips and parrot tulips. And then as those came and went, then ranuncula came up and it was this like triple petal ranunculus and peonies. And I'm like, wow, it's like flower porn for me. And then now there's these field of dahlias, like dahlias are mind blowing, just gorgeous flowers. And there was never anybody there ever. There was no sign, no nothing. And I became obsessed, you guys, with stopping by this flower patch just drawn to it like a moth to a flame. Oh my God, I just loved it. I would like sound of music. I mean, the flower patch and I'm taking flowers and now I feel like an influencer that's 20 years old and I need a cowboy hat with a feather in it so that I can do the festival photos that everybody does. And I just flower porn all day long. And all of a sudden I see a truck parked there one day and the truck thankfully had a contractor's label on it. And lo and behold, that same label was on a truck here at our house because we're under construction. So I walked over to the con and I'm like, hey, do you know this flower field? And he goes, yeah, I parked my car there every once in a while. I'm like, do you know who the person is? He's like, yeah, that's Annette from uh, Fleur Farm. I'm like, what? And he's, I, I think she's on Instagram. I'm like, what? So I DM her. Oh my God, I've seen the flower. And then she DMs back. Oh my gosh, really? It's a labor of love. It's a hobby. A hobby? 
yeah, I work full time and I've been really worried about like how I'm going to get all the dahlia bulbs out. And I'm like, well, I'll help you. You'll help me. And so next thing you know, just by following the energy, following the connection, leaning into this season of my life, leaning into the curiosity, I come to find out that she has been planting flowers in this new season of her life. She sells bulbs online. She is going through some stuff personally. And I'm like, well, I know some other women. I'll get these other women that I know to come and uh, hang out with us. And I will, uh, I'll see if we can't like make something happen. And so we get 13 women to show up at the flower field on Saturday. I didn't know any of these women. And I, well, I knew some of them. I knew the ones that I invited. And then the friends that I invited invite other friends. And it was this army of new women here in Southern Vermont that showed up to help another woman dig dahlias out of a field on a Saturday. So I met all these new people. We connected over something we're interested in. We now have a group chat called the Dynamite Dahlia Dames. Annette and I are texting. Wait to hear this. When we both showed up, she said to everybody, I'm so overwhelmed because I'm so alone and introverted. I never think anybody would help. I have trouble asking for help. And so as we're texting, she writes, I'm so grateful for everyone's kindness and presence and the joy there was in the field this morning. It's been a hard and a lonely path thus far, building a vision shovel by shovel, digging my way to a new life. <laughs> Boy, I relate to that. I really relate to that. And then suddenly, out come all these fabulous women. Yes, I'm very, very happy because that morning was my highlight of my week too. So the challenge now is leaning in again and setting a date again and moving the ball down the field. Because as we know from that University of Kansas study, that it takes time and it takes effort. And we all need each other to be making the effort. And so the final tool that I'm going to give you is something that is so simple and so impactful. And I have so many friends that now do this, that I'm stealing this from. And it's very simple. Every single day, make it a habit to text a friend. Just out of the blue. And if you want to amplify this, take a selfie video. Hey, I'm just on my walk and I was thinking of you. And hey, my dog says hello. And you not only underestimate how much people like you, you underestimate how much it means to somebody when they hear from you. This isn't just me. This is research that was covered in the New York Times recently about how receiving an unexpected text from a friend makes you immediately feel connected to that person and it makes the friendship stronger. Make it a practice every single day as you start your day, to reach out to one friend with a random message. In fact, I want to share one with you. So I love my friend, Glow Antonimo, and she's an incredible author and podcaster and just puts out incredible content and motivational speaker. And I learned so much from her. And she is so great about this. I want you to listen to this random message that popped in my phone 
literally a month ago, there was her beautiful face just sending me a video message. And I'm going to play it for you because I want you to listen to it as if she's sending this to you. Let's hear from Chloe. Mel, hello. It has been almost a month since our last video message. And I was reading one of my daily devotion type books and I thought of this. And I'm like, who can I send this to? And you came to my heart. So I'm going to read it out loud. You are human. You will make mistakes. Hopefully you'll make a whole lot of them because that means you are trying and trying means you are fully alive. It also makes life a hell of a lot more interesting. So here's to making more mistakes. Here's to living and here's to appreciating the ebbs and flow of life. You know, it's it's hard for us to like maintain equilibrium. Like we try to go through life chasing and seeking comfort and just staying happy, happy and staying positive. But sometimes in those moments and those seasons and those valleys of depression or sadness, you know, we're meant to get something from that. And then when we come out of it, it's like we have so much more appreciation. So no need to respond. Just wanted to bless you with this message. Thinking of you, sending you love. High five. I just love Glow. Doesn't it make you feel good listening to her voice? And she shared an incredible message that I want you to take to heart. Let's make life a hell of a lot more interesting. Let's make it richer and better. Let's stop believing the lies and get to the truth. Friends make your life richer and happier, and you make your friend's life happier too. And here's what I want to tell you as your friend. I want to tell you that I love you. I believe in you, and I believe in your ability to stop telling yourself these lies and to really embrace the truth. And the truth is you deserve amazing friendships. You need amazing friendships, and you are that amazing friend that somebody who is going through a very lonely season, digging their way to a new life, they need you desperately right now. So five, four, three, two, one. As soon as you and I are done here, I want you to text a friend of yours. Heck, level it up. Send a video like Glow sent a video to me. And let's level it up again. Let's swing for the fence on this one. Send your friend a link to this episode. Because the more that we get everyone reaching out and the more that we can create this ripple effect, the more we are helping people get the things that they deserve and find the courage to take the actions that create the life that they want and make it a reality. And so thank you. Thank you for being a friend of mine. Thank you for all your beautiful comments and for sharing these episodes. And thank you. Thank you for being here with me every single Monday and every single Thursday to lock arms with me and take that metaphorical walk as we do life together. I just love you and I love our friendship. And you know what's cool? We're new friends and we're just getting started. And as your friend, I want to ask you, make sure you follow the show. You can follow the Mel Robbins podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to your podcast because that way I'll automatically be there in the queue for you. Bada bing, bada boom. Here we go. Every Monday, every Thursday, you and I have a date and we've got so much cool stuff that we're going to do together. All right. That's what I got. I love you. I'll see you in a few days. Stitcher.